Hello, good day. I am Nyla Watkins, your host for today. I really do hope your day is going well. Um, you know what? Let's just hop right in. So today we are going to be talking about families and more specifically dysfunctional families. I mean, I'm sure this isn't an unknown word. I myself had seen it in the media and it came to mind when I was researching my topic about families and what did I wanted to do with that topic. So this is what I came up with and that is what we'll be exploring today. To get a better understanding of the term dysfunctional family, its characteristics and effects, we'll look into an article by King's Online University about it. So according to King Online University, a dysfunctional family is one in which conflict and instability are common. Parents might abuse or neglect their children and other family members are often forced to accommodate and enable negative behavior. In some cases, dysfunctional families can be the result of addiction, codependency, or untreated mental illness. And some common characteristics of a dysfunctional family are poor communication, lack of empathy, drug or alcohol abuse, perfectionism, control, and excessive criticism. Okay, so the main example of a dysfunctional family that we're going to be using and referencing um, a lot throughout this podcast is um, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. And um, it's about a 15-year-old boy named Christopher. Um, he has autism, and he's trying to solve the mystery about who killed Wellington. And Wellington is his neighbor's dog, and that neighbor's dog is dead. So he's gonna he's trying to find out who killed him. Um, in his living situation, um, he lives at home with his dad because his mom has died, um, or at least he thinks that she is dead. Um, as it turns out, and this quote, this next quote is going to show that she actually hasn't died. She just moved away from him, and it's about Christopher finding her and telling her that um, his father had lied about her being alive. And I said, "Father said you were dead," and she said, "What?" And I said. He said you went into the hospital because you had something wrong with your heart. And then you had a heart attack and died, and he kept all the letters in a shirt box in the cupboard in his bedroom, and I found them because I was looking for a book. I was writing about Wellington being killed, and he had taken it away from me and hidden it it, in, in the shirt box. This next quote is about Father and Christopher getting into a fight. Because Christopher didn't listen to Father when he told him not to go looking into the Who Killed Wellington case. So they're having a fight about that. Christopher recounts, Father had never grabbed hold of me like that before. Mother had hit me sometimes because she was a very hot-tempered person. Which means that she got angry more quickly than other people and she shouted more often. But Father was a more level-headed person. Which means he didn't get as angry as quickly he didn't shout as often. So I was very surprised when he grabbed me. So Christopher then goes on to explain how he doesn't like him. People grabs him. So he hit his father. And uh, his father was shouting and 
everything and then he said he described himself as having no memories for a short while which means he probably just blacked out for a minute or two and when he wakes up one of his side one side of his head is hurting and his hand was bleeding which means his father probably hit him with something on the head um probably to make him black out and cut him somehow on his hand all right let's compare these two so now that we know what a dysfunctional family is i'm going to share my reasons for why i think christopher's family is a little bit on the dysfunctional side okay so two of the characteristics of a dysfunctional family in the article that i see in uh, christopher's family is poor communication and abuse well as of right now that is so you have abuse um Christopher and his father get into an altercation over something that the father told Christopher not to do. And keep in mind, Christopher has autism. And the way people people's brains with autism work doesn't is not the same as with a person who doesn't have autism. So there's like you have to explain things very, very literally, and at least according to Christopher, in order for act for it to actually register. So they can understand what you're saying. And maybe a father didn't do this with explaining that uh, Christopher wasn't to go looking into Wellington's case anymore. Anyways, the fact of the matter is, I do understand disciplining your children, but I do not think adults and children, like parents and children should not be fighting each other, especially not the parent, um, because Christopher ended up injured because of this by his father and secondly poor communication um i think telling your child that their mother is dead in reality they just left you um i think that's about as poor as communication can get really um in the book it's um, the mother explains her reasons to Christopher um, that why like why she left and everything. And I don't think Christopher was bitter at all. He was just shocked that his father had lied to him about his mother being dead because that's a big thing. That's traumatic. You think someone's dead for all these years just to find that they're alive, alive and someone lied about it. Someone close to you lied about it. So hopping right back into that article, these next two quotes are going to be about the effects that growing up in a dysfunctional um, household or having dysfunctional childhood can have on a child and on the adults. The quote reads, having dysfunctional parents or a dysfunctional family dynamic can cause children to struggle later in life. According to the No Bullying Campaign, some of the impact family dysfunction may have on children is the development of various disorders and negative behaviors. Children involved with a dysfunctional family unit could have study problems in school. They could also drift into drug or alcohol abuse. The next quote reads, Perhaps most serious of all, these individuals can continue the cycle by developing their own parenting problems and perpetuating this dysfunctional dynamic. 
Psych Central notes that neural pathways developed from childhood traumatic experiences help shape how we respond to others, and adults often find themselves repeating the same behaviors and patterns throughout their lives. This next quote from Curious Incident is an argument between um, Christopher's mother and father because Christopher has won away from father, one, because he uh, father lied to him about his mother being alive, and two, that father killed Wellington, the dog, um, out of anger because the mother had left uh, the father and Christopher three years before. That's why he lied about her being dead. So Christopher's mother lives in London, so Christopher traveled to London, and his father um uh, came behind him to go find him, and now the mother and father are having an argument. Christopher recounts. Father shouted, What was I playing at? You were the one that bloody left. And mother shouted, So you decided to just wipe me out of his life altogether? And Mr. Shear shouted, Now let's all just calm down here, shall we? And father shouted, Well, isn't that what you wanted? And mother shouted, I wrote to him every week, every week. And father shouted, wrote to him? What the bleep? Use is writing to him. And Mr. Shear shouted, whoa, whoa, whoa. And father shouted, I cooked his meals. I cleaned his clothes. I looked after him every weekend. I looked after him when he was ill. I took him to the doctor. I worried myself sick every time he wandered off somewhere at night. I went to school every time he got into a fight. And you? What? You wrote him some letters and mother shouted so you thought it was okay to tell him his mother was dead and mr shear shouted now is not the time and father shouted you butt out or i'll and mother shouted ed for god's sake and father shouted and father said i'm going to see him and if you try to stop me and then father came into my room but i was holding my swiss army knife with the saw blade out and casey grabbed me and mother came into the room as well, and she said, It's okay, Christopher. I won't let him do anything. You're all right. This is an intense scene. Um, in the article, it also said, I didn't put this in the podcast, but it also said that, you know, just because a family has an argument or there's, like, frustration or maybe some tension sometimes doesn't mean this is dysfunctional, but... The context here is what what is what makes this argument so heavy because like you have the mother and the husband of the the neighbor whose dog was killed and they're living together. So the mother had left um, Christopher's father and Christopher both. And then Christopher just goes to his mother. So the father is, is going to feel some type of way about that. And there's just all that unresolved tension between the mother and the father already for the mother leaving. And it was just, wow. I think Christopher, even though Christopher is not a real character, um, I think he's going to remember that fight for the rest of his life. And even at the end, he this was this is not a really a good situation because he was scared of his father. He pulled out his his um Swiss blade army knife at him, 
um, just in case he tried to grab him because he was scared of him. So this just really creates that, you know, rift in the um, the family, which makes this family so dysfunctional. I mean, look, we all have a family, um, or at least a sense of one. And if I told you that all those relationships, those family relationships were healthy, uh, like even in the, uh, especially in the um, immediate family ones, um, that would be a, a lie. I wish I could say that, but it would be a flat out lie. I mean, a lot of people grow up in these type of situations. I mean, all of us, and it's impossible not to have some type of toxicity in your family because all people are different and people are just not going to clash. But these toxic situations, they have a lasting impact on people. Especially, especially if you're a child going through this. And that cycle just continues and it's going to continue if people don't heal from it, if you don't learn from it, if you, first of all, if you don't see that you're suffering from things from your childhood, how is anything ever going to get solved? How is, like, how it said in the article, these things get passed down um, subconsciously, subconsciously from you to your children. And then that just creates problems from everyone. So healing your internal wounds is the first step because wounds, they, once they heal, they become scars and scars fade. Um, you'll never forget what put the scar there and you'll never forget what put the wound there, but it will be healed, it will be better. I mean, shoot, all of us could um, heal our wounds and face our inner demons and maybe people will stop being so bitter all the time. Wait, wait, let me try that again. What I meant to say was, if people and everyone and anyone can, can just heal their wounds and tame their inner demons and face themselves like and all that they come with, maybe we could actually work together and heal the world because if you haven't noticed already, it's falling apart. And on that note, we come to the end of this podcast. Have a great rest of your day and good night. That's all, folks.